0: Let's capture that twinkle in your eye and share your passions online. Your dream clients are just one scroll away from finding you. Let's connect with them. Find more details at kianamarie.com connect. I can't wait to see you shine online. Now let's get this party started. While many photographers and industry educators are dropping courses and a ton of encouragement to help you become a wedding photographer overnight, I'm ready to drop some big truth bombs and share some insight about some things that no one warned you about before you start photographing weddings. This episode is directed to anyone interested in getting started photographing weddings, or maybe a friend has asked you to shoot their elopement or upcoming wedding, and you're interested in making this your profession, but you have questions and lots of concerns. Before we begin, I want to remind you that I'm seriously your biggest fan. I wholeheartedly believe that you have everything you need to be successful right at your fingertips. You and I are both overqualified, and our self-doubt keeps us questioning everything. Well, I'm here to crank out some answers and to help you feel prepared physically, mentally, emotionally, and professionally before your next wedding. These points are not meant to scare you away. I believe becoming a wedding photographer has been the best decision for my life business, and family since day one. The wedding industry in Northern California, Arizona, and beyond have been the biggest blessings in my life, and I'm forever grateful for my generational clients. I hope you find this episode realistic and relatable to help you decide if wedding photography is the best next step for you. Even if you've already started weddings, this will be a great refresh for your next wedding season. I can't wait to share more about what it takes and share different scenarios that every photographer encounters on a wedding day, no matter how many guests, the location, or how different our personalities can be. As your tough loving big sister and photography bestie, I just wanna ensure that you have the grit and are prepared for the dirty details and icks to truly be the best photographer in your hometown and beyond. Welcome to Keanu Marie weekly, a podcast for creatives who love to celebrate wins big or small by dancing in the kitchen, photographers who are excited to serve their clients and friends who are ready to chase really, really big dreams. You can find all of the resources mentioned in this episode at Keanu slash podcast. Join me as I share weekly motivation, chat about growing pains, Finding genuine connections and celebrating your wins through the lens of a photographer at heart. Come join me for a dance party. Ready? Let's go. This episode is going to get a little spicy, and I'm here for it. I see so many educators out here pushing their courses and mentoring, and it feels like they'll literally sell the dream to anyone. But it takes someone really special to be a wedding photographer. If becoming a wedding photographer is your dream, It's already yours for the taking, babe. I'm here to support you and encourage you. Let's roll out some truth or dare scenarios. I'll start with a dare and answer with the hard-hitting truth. Dare. I dare you to walk into a room with nine gentlemen, some cylinder boxers, two toddlers running around, an uncle cracking a beer, and the groom nowhere to be found. Your dare is to kindly but assertively get their attention, to give them a heads up about their timeline, and to ensure that they'll be ready for photos in about 30 minutes. The truth is that you're going to have to have the confidence to give directions and guide the wedding party through the timeline. You may have to use your body language to direct all of the wedding guests to take a seat if the officiant forgets to ask them to sit down, Or even corralling large extended families for portraits after the ceremony takes a lot of guts to keep things streamlined. Are you prepared to ask three to four guests that snuck early into the ceremony space and ask them to get up, like actually get off their seats and move away, way out of the ceremony space just to grab a couple shots of the empty but completely just detailed out perfect ceremony site? That's awkward and kind of scary. Are you prepared to do that? After over 15 years photographing weddings, I can honestly say that I've only raised my voice twice on a wedding day, and that was once screaming at my second shooter while I was on the dock in Lake Tahoe with my couple, and I was trying to get her attention to go run and grab the veil during cocktail hour. And then another time I was screaming was actually I was raising my voice because I was trying to prevent a wedding guest from getting ran over and smushed by a catering van. So literally, I was trying to yell to both of them, one stop, stop, stop. And then, of course, the person who's about to get ran over to get out of the way. So that's literally the only time that I've ever raised my voice at weddings. Many photographers will say that they don't mind being the bad guy and raising their voice. Oh, just no problem, I'll be the one to make a whole bunch of noise and to get everybody's attention. You better listen to me. I don't mind being the bad guy. But personally, I just believe it's not necessary. Do you have what it takes to command the room with your voice, presence, and assertiveness in a very kind and genuine manner? This episode of the Keanu Murray Weekly Podcast is sponsored by Book More Weddings, your guide to creating content at your next wedding to help you book your next wedding. You're already doing the work, babe. Just share it online. Grab the free guide in the show notes or tap the link on my Instagram bio. Book more weddings before your next wedding. I know you're amazing. Your family loves you and your past clients are raving about you. It's time to shine online. Grab that guide today. Truth Are you prepared to save the day if the shutter on your camera just stops working? now part two of this question is where exactly is your backup gear you may be thinking oh no 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 no! i would never show up to a wedding day without my backup camera without backup lenses batteries and extra cards let's say you're in the middle of a ceremony and all of a sudden your camera craps out on you it just dies the shutter's not working it won't turn on it just won't take a photo where exactly is your backup camera are you sporting a dueling camera situation so you just keep shooting Or is your backup camera under the DJ booth without cards ready to roll? Having backup gear and investing in the best equipment you can afford is the best way to ensure your client's day is covered to the best of your ability. Okay, ready? Let's keep rolling with these truth of dares. These are so fun. Dare. I dare you to tell the bride that it's time for the first look, but she refuses because it's too windy and she doesn't want to wreck her hair or makeup before the wedding. This is a hard truth about wedding photographers and vendors in general. Sometimes we have to make fast decisions that best serve our clients with any given scenario. Having the ability to think on the fly and to solve problems that you never anticipated will set you apart from the pros to the Joe Schmoes. This type of dilemma on a wedding day would kick me into gear sharing indoor options or possibly another location hidden by everyone, especially the wind. Photographers must be seven steps ahead of everyone and ultimately create a safe, fun, and beautiful experience for their clients in that moment. Okay, we can't just be thinking about the final images. Even if things don't go our way or shift in our favor to deliver gorgeous editorial style images, we must always do our best in the moment. Do you have what it takes to think outside the box? Are you capable of taking the initiative to make changes to exact locations or even adjust the timeline to best suit your clients? Truth. How many weddings have you photographed? Are you prepared to answer this question if you only photograph less than a handful of weddings? What would you say if you've never officially photographed one? Here's the catch on this one We all start somewhere, babe, and many clients will trust you, even with a tiny portfolio. But what exactly are you giving them to trust? Are you sharing your own experience with all types of photography? Maybe you have high school seniors to share or past uh, family shoots to share. Are you communicating well with them and then answering their questions? Do you have the confidence to share what you value on wedding days and what you're looking forward to capturing for them? Or better yet, are you willing to listen to your clients and authentically capture their day based on their needs and what their requests are? That's a hard truth to swallow, but it's true. We have to ask them. The truth to this question doesn't matter if the answer is that you've only shot four weddings or you've shot over 40. What are you sharing with your dream clients that proves your value and gains their trust? Okay, the next one, dare. I dare you to work an entire wedding day without being offered any food or water. In the 15 years of photographing weddings, I've never whipped out my contract on a wedding day and pointed to a clause. I've just never, ever, ever done it. And I never, ever, ever will. Sadly, I've worked dozens of weddings when the catering team didn't offer us a plate until every wedding guest was fed, and by then, toasts were rolling out and there was no time to eat. This is your reminder that even with our meal requests in the contract, sometimes things happen. As vendors and photographers, it's our job to fuel our bodies. This is your reminder to pack plenty of water and snacks. Please grab enough food for your second shooter as well, just in case. Truth. Tell me. Tell me. How do you deliver your images? Are you sending a link to a gallery? Do their wedding collections include any prints? What's the process for ordering albums? Can your couples share the download code with their family and wedding guests or even the wedding party? What exactly are your policies for sharing images with vendors? Are you delivering black and white photos? PS, before I go on, please, 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 please. If you are delivering black and white photos, please also include the color version of that as well. I can't tell you uh, how it's just like the biggest ick when you deliver a photo. No, don't get me wrong. Some photos are kind of like unsavable and you may have to flip them right into black and white and I get it, but I just, uh, it's just been a thing. Okay. Just, if you're going to include black and white, please include the color as well. I'm saying that from a photographer's perspective, as well as just a future client. Okay. Like we want to see both and. Long story short, it'll prevent you from so much back and forth if you just deliver both, or at least if you deliver black and white, deliver that color. Okay, sorry, that was a tangent. Okay, so this is a lot to think about when it comes to questions about delivering your images. But before your next wedding, it's important to understand what this system looks like. The beauty of being your own business owner is that you get to make up these rules and create offers that feel aligned to you giving your clients a clear understanding of what your photography collection includes will be a great start before it becomes an issue. Okay, the next dare, I like this one. Dare. I dare you to tell the mother of the groom that the lighting is better near the dumpster in the parking lot than in front of the water fountain in the garden. No, really, moments like this will happen when it comes to location hunting and finding the best light, especially for large wedding parties where you need everyone in similar light, preferably open shade. So how would you approach this scenario? I mean, I want you to imagine that this mother of the groom is looking at you cross-eyed, puzzled, throwing up her arms thinking, what is this photographer doing? Why are we in this crappy parking lot? We should be over here in the garden. Personally, I would let my confidence shine with every step as I pose and photograph the entire day. So I don't ever really open this up for discussion. Okay. Now let me make this perfectly clear. I do ask the couple prior to their wedding day. So like after their wedding venue has been confirmed, literally, then they book me next, they book some other high um, high value vendors. And then we go over the process of what their wedding day is gonna look like and why they chose that venue. During that time, that's when I'm asking, hey, is there anything specific about this wedding venue that you absolutely love and that you just couldn't imagine getting married here and not having photos taken there? I have had couples that get married in wineries, And they literally tell me, you know, we don't really drink. So it's not a huge deal for us to have images in the vineyard. So that's okay. We don't really need that. So that's something that we can ask in advance. I never ask my couples on the day of a wedding where they would like to photograph next. What that does is it just kind of creates a little bit of confusion. And I don't want to have my couples thinking on their wedding day. I only want them worried about where they are. I want them worried about what's going on. And I don't want them to create any extra confusion. Okay. I learned this trick when I was actually photographing newborns uh, for first day photo back back in the day. And the trick is anytime you are photographing a new location, let's say you're photographing the wedding party in front of the oak tree. And then you move the wedding party on the steps of the church. And then you move the wedding party and you're taking photos. I don't know. Let's say I'm just making something up like in the courtyard. Okay. If you deliver those images and you do not include images in front of the oak tree, they're going to ask for them. They're going to, they're like, wait, we took photos in front of this location. And I'm saying, I brought up the first day photo when um, I used to photograph newborns because I would do that. I would put the baby on the hospital bed, then I would put the baby on the futon or the the chair in the room, and then I would have put it somewhere else. And then if I didn't include those photos, that's when it became an issue. So this is just kind of a friendly reminder that as you are photographing people, no matter if it's on a wedding day or a family session, even if the lighting sucks, even if the lighting is not your ideal like artwork, I personally have reduced a lot of headaches and a lot of back and forth by including just a handful of images in that spot. So to answer that question about that mother-in-law rolling her eyes, being so confused that you're preferring the couple and the wedding party to be in the parking lot near a dumpster instead of in the garden by the fountain i would tell her oh no problem absolutely i'm going to grab a couple of these here by the dumpster even though this looks ridiculous and they don't see what we see get my thing i get the shots that i want and i need then i would ha- i would i would actually have people stand in front of the fountain get a handful of photos iphone photos were great the family and guests and people that are like just looky lose that are watching they're going to want to get those photos of the wedding party But then I know in my heart that I got those dumpster photos that are going to be just amazing, right? So that was a long answer to that truth um, or that dare like telling them that this is where it's got to be, but it's going to be so worth it, okay? So do you have the authority and the confidence to tell them no or to redirect them even if they think they have better ideas? Truth. Are you prepared to have your cousin book another photographer for her wedding but to also have a wedding booked on that date. Yikes, things like this happen often for wedding photographers, and I'm not going to lie, it really, really sucks. This is why it's so important to share your calendar with your closest family and friends and ask them to give you a heads up as soon as important dates are scheduled. I've missed a handful of really important graduations, baptisms, family camping trips, and weekends with friends because of weddings. It's a sacrifice, but also a gentle reminder to add a clause in your contract that an associate lead photographer may cover the wedding in case of an emergency. But that's a conversation for the legal page another day. Truth. Are your images safe and backed up in case your mother spills water all over your laptop on the kitchen counter? Check out episode number 54 The Death of My Laptop. I share way more insight on how to prevent your business from crashing and burning after drowning. No, but really. How prepared are you for the worst to happen? Many things to dawn with Tech Savvy Creative for dropping a ton of priceless knowledge and tips to prevent each disaster. You can think of anything technical in episode number 33. Those are both episodes that will save you big time and truly help save your reputation in case anything were to go wrong. Now that I've shared a handful of crazy scenarios on wedding days, the longevity of a photographer can be broken down to three things. Confidence, creativity, and care. Are you a confident person? Maybe you're not in your everyday life and that's okay, but you're confident with your camera settings and that you're the best person for the job on wedding days. Having confidence in the way you speak, carry yourself and address your clients and wedding guests will go a long way. Confidence is the best way to gain trust and add so much value. Are you creative? Do you have the ability to think outside of the box? Can you put out fires before the flames even start bursting? Do you rise the occasion in the time of need or would you rather hide? Being a photographer isn't about becoming a magician on wedding days. It's more about making the best of what we have and making quick decisions. Do you even care? I believe being a photographer in general means that you actually really care for people. Then once you become a wedding photographer, caring for your clients is on a whole new level. You'll most likely be spending time planning, emailing, and connecting with your clients for an average of nine months to over one and a half years. When you're prideful of your work, your value shines for generations. Wedding photography is not the business to get into if you want to make money. And I say that lightly because I know that it can be very lucrative to to make wedding photography your career. But if you're going into this thinking that you could make $5,000, $8,000, $20,000 on a weekend, or maybe even you have in your head, gosh, if I had just booked a couple weddings a month, I could easily make $40,000 a year within the wedding season of just four to five months in my hometown due to weather or just due to your kid's schedule or something like that. Like if that is what your plan is solely to make money, I'm sorry, sister, but it's really going to suck. Like, this is not the business to get into if you want to just make money. Like, there are other affiliate programs to do. There are other tons of other incredible careers that you can do with that mindset. But this most successful photographers I know do it because they would do it for free. They love photography, they love capturing moments, they love kind of like balancing that fine line, I call it watercolors, between creating and curating and capturing, right? Like they just, they love what they do and they have a passion for it. Let that shine and let that be the reason why you want to pursue wedding photography. I hope this episode made you laugh and honestly make you worry a little bit about what you're actually offering. Wedding photography isn't for everyone. And the only way to find out if it's for you is to try make sure to check out the entire wedding photography series called Amplify Your Weddings here on the Kiana Marie weekly podcast. I interviewed dozens of wedding vendors and real life clients to share a ton of education about booking more weddings, creating an impact and building your dream business to live the life you've always dreamed of. I'm cheering for you, babe. If this is something that you want to pursue, you got it. It's yours for the taking. You can absolutely do this. So if I can do this, you can do it too with a smile and figure it out. You have to have that mindset that everything is figure outable, that you are able to just make everything worth celebrating and, you know, take really overwhelming situations and make them a fun memory. You can do it. It's possible. I just wish people would share wedding stories. Like it's popular to share birth stories. (laughs) Like I really do. Like I've never been pregnant before, but I want to hear all the stories. And so I'm excited to share some more on the podcast. Keep you in the loop. And as always, 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 I'm cheering for you, babe. Hope you have a beautiful day and I cannot wait to hear about your next wedding season and how I can support you. Keep on dancing, baby. Can't wait to see you next week. Okay, love you. Bye. That's a wrap on another episode of Kiana Marie Weekly. Thank you so much for your listenership and support. You can find the resources and show notes for this episode and more at kianamarie.com slash podcast. I'd be honored if you'd show your support by leaving a review and rating on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, keep on dancing.